Let's talk about breasts. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and all the bad things. Welcome to episode eight of BoobTube. Thank you for tuning in. I'm happy for everyone that has been following us thus far. If this is your first time, welcome again. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Leave comments. Let us know what you're thinking. So to introduce, my name is Jaleesa, your best friend, Jaleesa, and Chantel. And we also have here Dr. Jackson joining us for today's episode. So again, thanks for coming. So today we're giving Dr. Google a rest and we're going to talk to an actual doctor. We need to understand that there are changes that happen within our bodies and especially when it comes to our breasts. But the main thing that we need to remember is that everything ain't cancer. It ain't. Not at all. So before we get into that, we're going to take it to the streets. Take it to the streets. we always do. And we're going to put BooTube on the move. Can you name a disease or condition for the breast that is not cancer? Um, uh, something, something out of me. It's a, I don't know the name of it, but it's basically where you have like little masses that happen. A lot of times when people like have kids and you breastfeed, um, it can happen and you basically get like these lumps like in the ducts. Mm -hmm. It's not cancer. Sometimes it goes away, sometimes it doesn't, but I don't, I can't remember the name. All right. Can you name a disease or condition for the breast that isn't cancer? Okay. Can you name a disease or condition for a breast that isn't breast cancer? I don't know what it's called. Can you describe it? It's one big, one more bigger than the other. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know nothing about. That's about it. That's it. I don't know nothing about titty. Uh, tumor? Titty tumor? I don't know. <laughs> uh, titty tumor. I'm assuming it's benign and not cancerous. I, I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, never mind. Scratch that, y'all. Can you name a disease or condition for breast that isn't breast cancer? Mm, disease or condition that is not breast cancer of the um, cis. Okay. Can you name a disease or condition for the breast that isn't breast cancer? Um. What's it called? Oh, yeah, because I got it a few times. <laughs> mm, mastitis? Something like that? Mastitis? No, something like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. yeah that. it's an infection <laughs> from breastfeeding. breastfeeding. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember mm -hmm. that. Good one. So it seemed like there were some really solid answers for conditions that, you know, women, well, the women kind of pointed out. Right. All three of the women basically said the same thing, even though they said it in a different way. Mm -hmm. The one I was saying was something out of me. It's not out of me, but she was describing the same thing as the other women. Then we had the men. But they, okay, they're men. They're not going <laughs> so, <on> <laughs> so, so they're men, and yes, they don't have this anatomy, 
But it'd be great for us all to know kind of what, you know, things to look out for. Because I'm sure these are men who at some point might be married or, you know, have sisters, have moms. It could also, um, you know, inform them about things. So educating everybody is super important. Yeah. The men have actually, they've done well with some other questions, but this one just wasn't their big one. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, we got titty tumor. I mean. That's new. That's, that's, I mean. Partially. Partially. Because it could be. It could be a benign. It could be a benign. Mm -hmm. That could be Mm -hmm. a condition that is non No, but was he, was he referencing that into how like one could be. Bigger than the other. I'm not sure okay. if that if the titty tumor caused the one to be bigger, bigger than, than the other, and it or could have the two separate yeah. conditions. Well, yeah. What we do have is an A for effort. Yes, for Look at that. Yes, yeah. great yeah. job. But there are conditions out there that just ain't cancer. Correct, and they happen to your boobs. Yeah, all the time. And there are benign titty tumors. Yes, correct. I have one. Oh, yeah. found you sixteen. Care to explain? Breast cancer does run in my family. And so um, I was mindful, you know, getting self-breast exams and going. But I I did find a lump when I was 16 and we just monitored it. And then it kept growing. It was uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because if I would lay on my stomach, you would feel it. But I had it removed when I was 22, so I had a lump next to me at 22. Wow. From 16 to 22. Yeah. It just kept kept growing, so we just kept monitoring. I just didn't want to feel uncomfortable, so... It is important to check your breasts, but it was benign. Thank That's God. So, in light of you having that lumpectomy, having that surgery on your breasts, um, has that caused any problems for you um, as far as like if you've had children and breastfeeding or anything like that? It hasn't caused any problems. I, I breastfed all through my children just fine. I didn't get in the mastitis. What is it called? Mastitis. 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 Yes. Mastitis. <laughs> Mass. I was about to say mastectomy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that. Or that's why. That's why you're here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, Chantel is correct, and I really wanted her to speak to that because just because you might have a lumpectomy or something of that nature come up doesn't mean that you'll ultimately like lose function of your breasts. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that there are lots of people who are afraid or concerned about things like that. And so, you know, just to reaffirm you or reassure you. Um, just because you find a lump um, doesn't mean it's the end of the world, doesn't mean it's the end of your breast. Um, and so it's just important, just as Chantel mentioned, to kind of give yourself self-breast exams and to just see or even look, like even if you don't feel comfortable touching your own breast, which some people don't, um, and they prefer their doctor to do exams, just to look at your breast. And um, I would say monthly, if not weekly, um, as a part of your self-care routine, just to look at them so you can determine, are there any changes um, happening? Yeah. It's very important to know what your breasts look like and feel like. <laughs> yes. So does yours, like, could you see it from the outside or you could just feel it when you lay on it? I like, could just feel it when I lay on it. Wow. Um, and I remember my said that he had to take me <laughs> to oh, get my biopsy. Like, oh, <laughs> so, this man is snoring in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, happy everything was fine with you. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I couldn't see the, um, you couldn't see it on the, um, from the outside. You definitely feel it. But even after it was removed, I just, you know, did the recovery. But I didn't feel any difference in my yeah. breasts. They didn't look any different. They mm-hmm. were still whatever size they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. That's good. Interesting story. Yeah, it's like 16. 16. Yeah. 
Very young. Very young. Yes. Very it was young. and it was large enough where it was it was a concern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think um so that's something that's really important that she's touching on is realizing that okay, so I noticed something that's different. And something you can do um, that I recommend is to watch it, right? So at first you might notice a change. Let's say now you notice a change in February. Um, continue to watch it. Continue, maybe even take pictures if it's helpful for you to kind of keep that kind of memory. Um, if you can even see it, um, see it externally. Um, if not, just feel it and kind of record it. And then, like you mentioned, you notice that it was growing. So I definitely say, like, if it's changing and especially getting larger and not getting smaller, disappearing, but getting larger, continue to watch it. And then start to talk to your doctor about it. Start to bring it up to them so that they know, like, hey, we need to be watching something. Something might be happening. And especially with having a history of breast cancer, did you yeah. say? Specifically breast cancer, it's that much more important to... Again, think about your breasts, think about your health, be looking out for it, um, checking yourself, and then also going to your doctor um, to have them examine you. And then also, if need be, order other tests just to determine what's going on. Because um, there are lots of different things mm -hmm. that could be going on with your breasts. Yeah. And since like benign was the first time me, that entered my vocabulary. And so on today's topic, are there other benign conditions that aren't breast cancer? Yes. Well, let's get into it. So as the videos that we watched mentioned, mastitis is absolutely um, a breast condition that is non-cancerous. Very often, as they mentioned, it occurs during pregnancy. And what's happening is that the ducts in the breast that are giving the milk, um, there sometimes can be a clog or something like that. Like if you haven't pumped or you're not expressing the milk quickly enough, um, they'll become, there will be a blockage. And from that blockage, inflammation can happen. And that's what the itis is, the inflammation. So you have redness, tenderness, very uncomfortable typically for moms, um, but again, non-cancerous. And typically resolves with um, warm compress. Sometimes people need antibiotics, but other times it's just getting that milk out, getting it out the way will kind of, for lack of a better term, clean up the system and allow milk to flow freely to your babies. Um, some other things um, that can occur are cysts, which are sac-filled, um, fluid-filled sacs that can occur in the breast. And this just kind of happens um, kind of randomly. So sometimes it can be hormone-related, other times not. Um, when it's a cyst in particular, you don't have to worry about it being cancerous. However, just by touching the breast, it's very difficult to determine what it is. So a lot of times you have to have imaging such as ultrasounds or even mammograms to determine what is actually going on in the breast. Um, additionally, there can be um, calcifications, um, and this is essentially similar to how our bodies can develop kidney stones, our breasts, uh, different tissues can develop calcium stones or calcium deposits um, in our body, and this kind of can, can create a mass in your breast, um, which is not fun. Um, additionally, you have nipple discharge, which is a little bit different from lactation, whereas lactation is milk intentionally coming through your mammary glands so that you can feed a baby. Discharge typically happens because maybe something else is going on. Sometimes it can be milky. Other times it can be bloody. It can be green. Um, and a lot of times the, the nature of the discharge, so it being bloody versus it being green versus milky can allow people to determine or have some idea of what's going on. Again, typically not cancer, 
But there is something that's going on in the breast that needs further attention from a medical professional. Um, additionally, um, there is fibrocystic breast changes. And essentially this is sometimes when the breast can create scar tissue um, and it is more of like a rubbery feel. So I'd imagine people who've had breast augmentations probably have more of this than a person who's never had a breast augmentation. Additionally, there are also, um, so breasts that are typically lumpier. So some of us have dense breasts and the medical term for dense breasts is fibroadenoma. So a lot of times you hear adenoma and you think cancer, absolutely not here. This is literally just a medical term for dense breasts. Very often, um, I remember us learning that a lot of times African-American black folks will have denser breasts. I'm a person who has dense breasts. And so a lot of times what that means is that one, when you're palpating your breasts, you might feel stuff, right? It's not gonna feel super smooth because you have a lot of tissue there. And just because you have a lot of tissue there doesn't mean that it's cancerous tissue, it's just the nature of your breasts. They're a nap. It's um, kind of the normal variance, right? So some people have black hair, some people have red hair, some people have brown hair, similar to the tissue in your breast. Um, and so those are some of like the most common um, benign, non-cancerous things that can happen to your breast that, breast that um, from symptoms or things that people are experiencing, they typically will go to the doctor for. So you mentioned the dense breast. And I know that they talk about like when you're checking your breasts mm -hmm. and they want you to check for lumps or mm -hmm. abnormalities. When you have dense breasts, is it that, from what I've heard, mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, is like you're supposed to feel for something that like doesn't move? Correct. Or correct. So, so when you have dense breasts or even larger breasts, right, there's lots more tissue, just generally speaking. There's a lot more tissue. And if you think about how we do breast exams, like if you're laying down. So sometimes you do them sitting up. Some people will do them laying down. And depending on the size of your breast, when you're laying down, there could be breasts everywhere. We my, know. The big choke. Yes. choke on it. Yes. We, it's dangerous sometimes. Um, but that is actually, I think, a pretty good rule to follow. So as you're moving your, your fingers across your breast, you can, like the skin is going to move with you, right? But if you have a mass or something to really be concerned with, it's not going to move. You'll be able to feel it from different positions. So like, as I'm <laughs> touching my breast right now, I can feel the dense tissue, but not an actual, but not an actual like lump. But if there was a lump, as I'm touching here, I would be able to feel it in different parts, right? And so that's really the thing. Um, it's also important kind of, to just get, and I, this sounds so weird, but like get a feel for your breast, mm -hmm. right? Because you gotta know your body. One, you really do. You really do. Who else will if you don't? Like, gotta know your body. And how you gonna know if things are changing if you don't know what it was? Right. Exactly. And so the sooner you can look at your breasts, see what they look like, start to do exams just so you get the, the normalcy, one of doing them, and two of how your breast feels, then when something different happens, you can kind of almost immediately recognize it and realize, oh no, this hasn't been here. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me for a second. <coughs> Additionally, um, if, if you notice something that you're concerned about, go to the doctor. You know, a lot of times we are very reluctant to go to the doctor, especially that first time because we're so personally scared of what it could be. 
But a lot of times that first step, especially early on, can make sure that it's very minimal. Um, so even if it were to be cancerous, you can catch it, catch that cancer so early that, you know, you don't have to kind of up in your life to get treatment and to feel better. So speaking on that, because I mean, I know I'm a person, I don't mind going to the doctor and she knows me personally. So she knows that I do not mind me like, Hey, something, something kind of all like, should I, should I go get this checked out or what? So, um, I personally experienced something that was not cancer. That was with my breast. Actually, still am experiencing it, if I'm being quite honest. So uh, it wasn't a lump, and um, but it did. You mentioned it. You talked about things coming out of the breast. Okay. So what that was is hyperprolactinemia. Mm -hmm. I said it correctly, right? Yes. All right. Yes. So basically, we all have this hormone called prolactin. And it comes from your pituitary gland over here in the head. And basically, my pituitary gland was producing more. And usually, it produces more in women that are pregnant. Because, it, as you see, it has the word lact in it. So, it deals with your lactation. So, basically, um, I had to go to the doctor for that because I was noticing some changes in my cycle. And then what they told, after some tests, they determined that my prolactin levels were elevated mm -hmm. and that that was the case. They did tell me that it could lead to some lactation, even mm -hmm. though you're not pregnant. Mm -hmm. But um, that didn't happen right away. It happened like months later. So I did have to deal with that not having a child, not nursing <laughs> a child. It wasn't, so the levels weren't as high as a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm but they weren't in the normal range for a non-pregnant woman either. So with the lactation, it's not just like drip, drip. It's like little droplets that you mm -hmm. see sometimes. And maybe okay. like if you, like if I don't have a bra on and it like pressed against or something, it'll like you see a little bit. And I did like go to the doctor and had her look at it and she's like <laughs> rubbing it and rubbing it out so she could see like yeah. what it is. I'm like, no, oh, like, I don't mind. Like, hey, hey pop this out. <laughs> what's, what's happening on this one right here? So, um, that has been something that I've been dealing with. And then I did later, recently, more recently, find out that it was due to a, well, okay, let me say this first. They say that it's commonly caused by when you have a benign word of the day benign tumor in the uh pituitary gland mm. that could cause the prolactin to be elevated mm. and i got the test and everything to see if there was a tumor in my head there's no tumor so the thing is that the reason it's been such a journey is because we're trying to find the actual cause mm -hmm. but we couldn't get to the cause and just the treatment which was just like some medication you could take, but if you didn't, it could just come right back. So I'm about finding the solution, mm -hmm. like the lasting solution. So um, I took some more holistic routes and then along the journey, that's when I had started to look into <laughs> a nasal spray that I was prescribed. Oh, yeah. And I found that like all of the um, symptoms I was experiencing we're listed as the long-term side effects for this medication. Wow. So I just say that to say, you know, if you hear me sneeze, 
It's because I am no longer taking this nasal spray because I need to not have any sort of lactation. I need the cycles right. I need the body right. You know, it, it, it tries to claim my life, y'all. But we're working on it. So, yes, I'm also a person who has experienced some breast stuff that wasn't cancer. And that is so, <clears throat> I'm wild. so happy. <laughs> but I'm so happy you brought it up as well because I definitely think that that's something that's real. There are tons of, I mean, in comparison to, you know, our parents or our grandparents, there's just tons of products and things that we expose ourselves to that aren't necessarily natural and that might not just gel with our bodies. And so you kind of, you know, I really commend you on trying to find the source of the problem. Because um, a lot of times that's what's really important. Like if we right. can figure out the source, then we really can work to actually solve it so it isn't a problem anymore. Um, and yeah, sometimes there are over-the-counter or even prescribed things that you're treating something else that can cause something else. And it was prescribed. Yeah. And so it's really, really important to pay attention to your body, see how it reacts to things. Um, and then also, it sounds like you had a pretty pretty decent relationship with your doctor where you felt comfortable communicating with them. And that's also important. I know it can be hard and can be challenging, but definitely helping your doctor help you is always helpful. But now I feel away because I feel like she tried to claim my life. <laughs> I'm serious. I know. Can, can we pause it? No! No, this is real life. Well, I don't, I don't want this part to be in there. I don't. Well, you can, we can see. No, no, no. We're going to keep talking and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Cause if I, I can stop it. No, no, no. We're going to get into it. And we, no, no, no. We don't, we don't see. We, hey, we don't see. Um, well, why do you say that? I say that because I did go to my doctor with the concerns the same year. Well, no, not, let me see. I got it in 2019. So. Actually, I saw something in my cycle by the end of that year, but I was like, I thought it was like stress related yeah, or something. Yeah. But the next year, for sure, I came to her. I was like, hey, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her my symptoms. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gaining weight all of a sudden. Yeah, and stuff. because it was a steroid, I didn't know it was a steroid, but I'm gaining weight all of a sudden. My cycle is like really weird. Like it's never been like this. And just mm -hmm. something else, I was just like, something's not right. And then. That's when she tested for the prolactin, mm -hmm, but the, mm -hmm. but what made it worse is that um, my only other prescribed medication, which was my shampoo, oh yeah, yeah. and that that yeah, when I looked it up, it listed it that that's like anything I've researched for this medication shows that those two should not be prescribed together. The so shampoo, the, yes, and the nasal spray, right. So the active ingredient shampoo, the keto console, mm -hmm. if I'm saying it correctly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I did my research. It's like a certain enzyme see something and like it's an inhibitor. So it says that like when you do let these medications interact, mm -hmm. it increases the effects of steroid. So that will then like let that then like it's further like confirm to me what was happening to me because i'm yeah. like something just started happening and i can't explain why yeah like i specifically told her i was like hey you know how like people are making jokes about eating during the pandemic and just oh, like yeah, yeah. And, and you were like and i was like i'm, I'm not, not doing, doing that, that. I'm, I'm, I'm working out every day yeah. like no I'm, like we really and i'm just it. gaining weight oh. and i was like something's not right 
And I like I researched and seen and that saw that so other people oh, were experiencing like, that. Yeah, waking wow. and um and so I th that's very interesting that so I'll say this a lot of systems now like deem you like they show you in like if you select two drugs or like if I'm charting for you this right. is how we have to see it's disgusting. Um if I'm charting for you then and I'm putting in your medications, it will normally ding and say, hey, there's an interaction because like computers code for this kind of stuff. Right. And so people aren't having to think about it. Yeah. Like pharmacists, they do this for everybody. And so that's very interesting that it sounds like it didn't come up. And I wonder if it didn't come up because it's topical. Like at least the shampoo is topical. Um, and that's something that's also, I'm really starting to realize just as an adult myself, like growing more into myself and really realize how to take care of myself is that your body, our bodies can be very sensitive to things. And because I think, honestly, of just the nature of our, our society, unless it's stopping us, you know, or really impeding our lives, then we kind of yeah. don't think about it. Mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and I wonder, even for you, unfortunately, it was an experience that you had and you knew something was wrong because you were very well aware of how your body works. Like, y'all are in tune. Um, I feel like, I don't know how to say this, but I think that sometimes doctors, because we're not necessarily trained for this, don't realize that it's in the subtlety, mm. right? So, like, some people's symptoms might be roaring, right? Very obvious, very textbook, very, yes, this is it. Versus the things that you were experiencing kind of seemed mild, but they were very different, very weird for you. And so, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that is so interesting. And I'm yeah, so happy so you shared that. Yeah. Have, have things improved? Like since you stopped using the nasal spray? Well, I have more allergies. <laughs> My sneeze attacks have come back. So the thing is, she said I had environmental allergies. So I was actually prescribed to take it daily. And I have been doing that for like two and a half years. And I have what are like some long-term effects. And it affected my adrenals as well. It affected my glucose as well. Because I'm like, they're like, oh, your glucose is kind of up too. And I was just like, and the recommendation was what? Oh, just make sure you work out at least 30. No, it was make sure you work out at least 30 minutes a day. And I was like, I work out all the time. I just don't look like it right now. Because <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I was just like, I'm defeated. Like, what? Is, I don't, like, nothing is adding up. Yeah. So it's like the only thing that can even make sense. Because I'm like, all of a sudden, my blood glucose is messed up. It was just. Yeah, a lot. A lot of different things that I was experiencing. Ooh. Am experiencing. But, um, yeah, so far, I say that, like, with that, I have been haven't been using that, and I've been taking some like uh, other supplements to mm -hmm. help with the pituitary gland and feminine mm -hmm. health and stuff and the endocrine system. And I, I, it seems like the milk has at least gone away in one boob. Okay. <laughs> There's one where I still get like a little, a little every yeah. so often. I'm like, please just dry up already. It's not cute. I don't have to I don't like well, good. I mean, you advocate for yourself. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, too. That is so important. Yeah. So, so important. And, and I can only imagine that it's very challenging because you're, you're experiencing something that you don't understand. 
you think you're going or you're trying to go to the people who we say know it all. Yeah. Reality is they don't um, or we don't. And, you know, like you're really trying to just believe and, and trust. And sometimes you do. Sometimes you are your best advocate. And that definitely is something that I encourage people to be. Um, I also encourage people to take people with them to the doctor um, because it's very easy to get overwhelmed by the big words that they use, which is so disrespectful. Um, Cause like nobody knows those words. Only people who go to medical school, medical school know those words. Um, but it is very important for you to advocate for yourself. And if you can't, to try to bring someone with you who can be your advocate, especially in those doctor's rooms. Right, and go to multiple doctors too. I mean, I did see yes. them and still just like, all right, so yes. keep ending up here. I'm yes. like, try something different. Yeah. I'm like, this this has got to stop. Like, yeah. So it's not right. So I'm trying to flush that on out. Yeah. Well, good. I hope that works. Yeah, I hope so too. Like, I think it's kind slowly of, but surely leaving me. Yeah. Two years of being Two and a half. <laughs> Less of But anyway, so that ended up being a lot, but it's informative. Yeah, this is what we're here for. Yeah. And, you know, I that's definitely not something I have been like public with. It wasn't really a need to. But in this case, mm -hmm. then it is something I'm willing to share to let people know. Other than that, I've just been like, gradually getting round on people and still smiling. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> no, literally one of the symptoms I saw was saying like moon face. I'm like, please stop. Like, oh, <laughs> that's talk oh, it was a real thing. And steroids, I was like, yeah, for steroids, it can. So that's the thing about, that's yeah. the thing about steroids in general. So like steroids are great in, in a pinch. Mm -hmm. And, and I think for most people, cause I think you really might be just, so had it so long too. Well, so like so long, but then also you might be more sensitive to it. So like you really didn't need a spray every day. You maybe yeah, needed a spray. Needed. Yeah, but it did. But like to or like your body in particular only needed like every three days. So like there are things called fast acetylators and slow acetylators, and these are people. Um, acetylation is kind of like a process by which compounds are broken down. And so that's kind of what happens with our food. Everything we ingest ultimately has to be broken down so that our, our cells and our body can actually use it. And so sometimes <clears throat> with fast and slow acetylators, you have people who we call it burning through, but essentially their body processes things faster. Mm -hmm. So like your body could be a slow acetylator or something like that where it processes it, it breaks it down slower so now you have more and you don't need more because you're just adding every day you see and so then you have like the stockpile mm -hmm. there's so much like that's definitely something that I think is being studied more kind of to see and I think they're also trying to look at the genetic links because like for example you know how there was a time I think they watch for it more, but people were waking up during their surgeries or they could feel their whole surgery. Yeah, mm -hmm. So those are people who, who like you, your body processes that really fast. So it's not staying, like you're not able to stay asleep because your body has already processed it. It's like, yep, I'm done. Yeah. I'm up, I'm up. And it's like, but if you didn't, so like medicine is so, so interesting because unfortunately we give this facade of we know everything. And the reality is that we don't. 
We are always learning. Like, I think even with what happened to you, your doctor learned something and was like, oh, this really can happen. And this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, similar with the acetylation type situation, like it wasn't until those people who were like waking up and suing and all this other kind of stuff that it was like, oh, maybe we got to look into this because what right. we thought about this is no longer true, at mm -hmm. least not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely getting second opinions. Also like trusting yourself because you really do know your body. You really do. No, I'm just wondering like, where is Miss Frizzle when you need her? Because <laughs> yes, So, um, they're not common in men and it kind of makes sense, right? So mastitis we talked about is typically with breastfeeding. Uh, breastfeeding. So mm -hmm. like if you're not breastfeeding, then no. Mm -hmm. Um, additionally, what were some like cysts? So cysts could form, but I think especially in men because they have so much limited, um, breast tissue, mm -hmm. they will be able to see kind of easily and thus, you know, go and get investigated um or get it looked at um but some of the other ones not so much like men typically don't have dense breast tissue right um it's just kind of a layer before you get to the muscle for them um and so but one thing that that, that men can have and that does happen not super often but it is the most common non-cancerous disorder is called gynecomastia and essentially what that is is so our breasts are generally made out of fat. So it's just fatty tissue. And so what ends up happening in some men for different reasons, um, just the tissue gets, it, it enlarges. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking, so typically we are accustomed to men not having breasts. They're not having prominent breasts. However, men who are experiencing gynecomastia will have more prominent breast tissue mm -hmm. and even look as if they have breasts more more developed as a woman, but not necessarily looking like a woman. Because again, their their chest is still muscular, right? They still have the muscles under there. There's just more fatty tissue in the breast region. So it's basically what people call man boobs. Correct, correct. 
But we have a medical term. Yes. For it. So I was like, man, man boobs, boobs, put it to the medical but term. But essentially, yes, it is man boobs. I mean, we, we got to break it down. Yes, yes. People know. You're so right. They know. You're right. And do Just they, in order to get rid of. The man. The man. Wait, wait, wait. No, let's use this. Or the gynecomastia. Get rid of it. Yes. Is there a surgery procedure or do they take medication? So, I'm so sorry because I really did actually need to check this one out. Let's get the facts straight for I did. I did. So, for most men, I do believe, like, sometimes it could be a balance of hormones. So, sometimes. Like young men who are going through puberty experience this. And so that's like a hormonal type okay. thing. Um, versus other people, like if there's another cause, they might do blood work because maybe there's a, another a other kind of hormone that's happening. Like if you're outside of puberty. Um, but yes, you can have surgery to remove. Because again, it's just fatty tissue. You can have surgery to remove this excess tissue if you, you know, aren't comfortable with your, your man titties. Man boobs. <laughs> Testicles. <laughs> Spectacles. Oh testicles. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I love testicles. I'm not gonna lie. And breasticles. Breasticles. Yeah. Men don't like those. Have some to grab. I, right about I mean, I wouldn't either. Like, oh, I want to like, grab the man within yeah, himself, yeah, no. but not his breast. I'm not accustomed to that. Yeah. Like, I think if I if I were more accustomed to men having breast like or chest like me, I would be like me just a little. Oh, well, a little bit more meat. Yeah. So, no, like, oh, like, uh, like uh, uh, okay. Oh, I like the meat. Not, I don't want mine. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, so come on. Okay. You know how, like, it's like this big, like the meat. It just be like there, and then it be the nipple. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it be Arby's. We have the meat. <laughs> like Why are we like? This? Okay, so no, but I get it. You want a little, little something? A little something. Like I, I want your flesh. Right? I want the bone. Not the bone. Yeah, not, not the bone. I want not a little the meat. chesticle. A little meat. But just the... a little something. A little pillow. Alright. For my ear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little meat pillow. A little, little meat pillow. That's what we like right there. This is real life. No, I get it. You know, you get right there in the yeah, right up here, right here, yeah. right up in there. Get that meat pillow, real good. Yeah, but I don't need it to be more than a meat pillow. I don't need it to feel like a meat pillow. Okay? You <laughs> have your own. I don't need it to feel like I'm examining myself. <laughs> <laughs> You look so familiar. <laughs> oh, that's me. Oh, that's my own titty. My bad. That's your drama. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just coming out. Nothing was. to the man with gynomastia. Gynecomastia. 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 We're just joking. We are joshing. All just joshing. We appreciate all breasts. All breasts matters. We, they do. They do. Here. Yeah. Here, they matter. Because breasts are breasts. But we are going to have fun about some stuff. So here we are. <laughs> this is just what happens. All right. So I think you really answer everything. Like, because yeah. we want to know, like, when you should seek the medical advice. You're saying immediately, especially when people aren't comfortable with touching, well, not touching themselves, but, you know, examining themselves, themselves, yes. themselves and stuff. So immediately don't wait because... Yeah. Well, because, you know, I think, because something that's real, like, even for us, like, as just adults, right, 
Very easily, I can think about a friend, want to call or text, and then I forget. And then it's like a week. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, you notice it, go. Um, because it could. Like, right, you might not think about it for a while, and then it's been months. And now you're kind of scared because it's different. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times we allow that fear to keep us away from the doctor. I would encourage you to lean into the fear and to go. And especially if you can take somebody with you. So like, I'm gonna take Jan, I'm gonna take Chantel. They gonna come call me. You know, if you have someone who can go with you just as moral support to just be there, definitely do that if you need it. Um, it's very easy to listen to other people and, you know, you talk to your parents, you talk to your friends, what should I do? Well, they say that they don't want to go. They might not want to go, right? They might not think it's that urgent, but it's your body. And so you got to do what's best for you. And if you're concerned, definitely go have it checked out. Yeah. ASAP. Yeah. Let's add anything I don't have any further questions. I think this has been a wonderful yes. conversation. Yes. Like, I love it. Definitely one of my favorites. Yes, I'm so happy. This, this, this is the titty talk with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is what the people need to know. Okay. They And they do no, know. They really, really do. Because yes. all of these things, like her story, my story, your information, I'm just like, there's, there's a lot out there that, that we don't know about. I think like, we never knew about it. I didn't know. You know, I can only imagine what it's like to be 16 and to experience something like this. Yeah, I would have had a heart attack. Uh, and, you know, and I just think it's so important and it shows like it is important to to notice your body. Yes. You know, it's very easy to be a mom, be a friend, be just a regular human going to work, just trying to survive. And we forget about ourselves and we are our most important thing. And so, you know, just... Remembering to take care of you, to really take care of you and everything that's here because, baby, we just got one. Yeah. And and when it's gone, yeah. we too yeah. are off of this plane. Yes. Oh. <laughs> on, that, on that note. What a joyous note. All right. So as we learned today, we could easily find ourselves in a state of anxiety with if we find change within our body. But... You know, seek immediate help. Don't get alarmed and alarmed. And just remember, I'm enlarged. Don't get alarmed. Uh, <laughs> are we gonna cut it for real? I don't know what we do. <laughs> y'all we just gonna go get ourselves checked out yes. from an expert and yes. just see what the real deal is and okay. then take the proper procedures afterwards to see what needs to be done and so share this information with your Please loved do. ones um, it's okay to fill your breath there's a hashtag on social media fill it on the first so that you can always remember to fill yourself it's okay to feel yourself. So mm -hmm. do it. Um, share this, comment, subscribe for more information because we do want to make sure that your breasts are healthy um, and that you continue to receive the information that you need. So you can DM us, email, email us because we really want to know your comments and just to see how we can continue to support you. So thank you all. Thank you again thank for joining today's yes, conversation. Yes. Have a good one. Till next week.